0: Put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything.
1: I'm ready to cut loose myself. (laughs) The Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm.
0: You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life.
1: Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Glory, blessed is he who comes in the name of Jesus Christ, Messiah King YHWH, Lord of heaven and earth, Maker of everything, Redeemer of only the things that have come from Himself. So there's a redemption of what can be redeemed. There's a destruction of that which cannot. As it's written in First Enoch, Michael, Uriel, Raphael, and Gabriel were astonished. At the judgment that God had given to the fallen watchers, the fallen angels. Satan and his angels were given a very, very stern judgment, and the archangels of Jesus Christ were startled. They're not startled anymore. That was 5,000 years ago. So we've been dealing with the fall. They understand clearly now why it was so stern, because these devils are the murderers and the enslavers and the enforcers of all wrongdoing and lies and deception in the entire world. And now it's time to clean it all up in the great floods of the Torah scrolls. So God's word's going to reign from heaven accurately in the eternal gospel that's above the sun. We know Ecclesiastes says everything under the sun is meaningless, meaningless in a chasing after the wind, which means chasing after interpretation of the Holy Scripture under the sun, is meaningless, and vain glory, and false Christianity, false Judaism, and just completely erroneous. There's no benefit from any kind of revelation that comes from the dirt dimension. But that which is from above, where Jesus Christ said He came from, I am from above, you are from below, which means you are covered in serpentine dust. I have come with my teaching as living water to wash away The dust of the earth. Daniel 12, And many shall arise from the serpentine dust of the earth. Dust corresponds to thought life. From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, and all throughout the dream life, your thought life is your entire existence. It's your consciousness. It's what makes you human beings. Okay? So cleaning up the human being's thought life is cleaning up the human being's action life. Out of the heart or the thought life proceed the issues of life. Now, as a man thinks in his heart, so he exists, it is written. Therefore, if we can clean up your thought life, your spirit life, your consciousness, your actions will follow your thinking. Now, we usually don't understand how a celestial and a divine and an angelic heavenly thought life from above the sun can change us under the sun, but we need to understand the concepts of Messiah in these days. When Jesus Christ began teaching 2,000 years ago, the Messiah of Israel began to teach the difference between above and below. He says to Nicodemus, the salvation of Israel is being born above. We say born again, but if you study that in Greek, he says born above the sun, born in the angelic rungs, born above, born below. You've been born of woman below, Jesus Christ, red letters, John chapter 3. Now you must be born again above where the angels are, Nicodemus. So he had to teach these things with human words, and so he, he likened it to a birth But it's not the same kind of birth. It's a birthing or an awakening of a consciousness in the angelic realms. So you've awakened to the below realm by being born of woman. Now you must awaken to the above realm by being born of the Holy Spirit in the living waters. John chapter 3, that's Jesus Christ in the red letters. So all of that below realm thinking that is born of flesh, born of Adam, born of Eve, born of man, born of woman, is what you are at war against. What the enemy wants you to do is settle for the dust of the below-realm thinking. Amongst the successful in our society, we often say that person's thoughts are in a different realm. He breathes a different air. He thinks billionaire thoughts, millionaire thoughts, successful thoughts. He doesn't have... A poverty mentality. He doesn't have a failure mentality. His thoughts are not from below. He's from below. these very lessons are active everywhere in today's marketplace. And don't just sit there and judge it as sorcery. It's actually just truth that human beings use to discipline their thought life. Now, in the Christian realms, it's often a toxic, judgmental, critical opinionated thought life towards ourselves and others because the seven churches of Asia Minor are now the seven churches of Dat Pluto, the bone throne of Satan. And so you're not even in that thought life, the mark of the beast and the four, you're not even dealing with what you think you're dealing with. You're not just dealing with the earth. You're dealing with hell and the bondage of hell's influence, the serpentine dust of the earth, the temptations of hell, continuously in your brains manifesting the thoughts of the fallen angels. That's why it is written, put on the helmet of salvation so you can stand in the day of, the, of evil. Ephesians 6, it is written, there has to be a guarding of the brain and the senses of the eyes, the ears, the mouth, the nose, the feelings that all correspond to the back of the brainstem. Where your feeling generation is back there in your brain, you'll feel things. And now, if you feel the things of God, you'll act godly. But if you feel the things of the fall, you'll act fallen. That's why Bob Jones would often say in his prophetic ministry in the previous generation, your feelings are the most important thing. But we don't want the feelings of the evil one, because demons are feeling and emotion-based creatures as well. The feelings of the bone throne of Satan, the, the feelings of Dat and Pluto, all that has to be burned out of the forehead. The feelings of the red dragon, the feelings of the false prophet, and the feelings of the beast, Jesus Christ, says, have to be thrown into the lake of fire. We don't care about the devil's feelings at all. Amen? We don't care about the demon's feelings. You can't care about dust feelings, dirt feelings, serpentine feelings. Otherwise, you're taken advantage of by fallen angels and sorcery and magic spells, constantly controlling and manipulating you to do the wrong thing. So you have to care only about the cares of the feelings of the Father. Have no other gods besides me, it is written. If you are caring about the feelings of any other entity except the Holy Spirit, you have forgotten your first love. Remember your first love. What does it mean to love? Care about a person. Jesus is the person you need to care about. Where? In the feeling center of your heart, in the emotional center of your soul, in your thought life of your spirit, so that your feelings can guide the actions of your bones and your brains and those bodies, those jars of clay that contain treasures. Treasures in jars of clay... Amen. The treasures are God himself and his word working inside your hearts. And we want it to be an encounter of his heavenly glory constantly inside the containers that God has put our spirit. That precious spirit that can actually grow to be the exact brilliance of God the Father's Shekinah glory. We go from glory to glory, bearing the image of the Father. The glory of the Father is what we grow in. Amen? The Father is called the Father of glory in Scripture. So what's getting fathered? Only the Shekinah glory part of you. Everything else that can't grow in Shekinah, in true light, that comes from God's Word, is marked for slaughter. That's the foreskin, that's the membrane of hell, working all deception, self-righteousness, selfishness, greed, covetousness, wrongdoing, Criticalness, judgmentalness, poverty, curses, sickness, disease, death. It's all death. But what is death? Let's break down deaths in Galatians chapter 6. There's a death list and it's three times as long as the life list in the same chapter. (laughs) The fruits of the flesh are... He goes on for two paragraphs and then he just goes, Well, the fruits of the Spirit are love. One word. But then he breaks down love. That's what it says in Greek. The fruits of the Holy Spirit are love, loving God first, caring about his feelings. And you're not considering yourself or anything else. Because when you love Jesus, you fulfill all the rules and regulations of the covenant. And it's in the center of your heart. It's in being enthroned in his glory, serving God And his ways and his thoughts and it's simply caring about him and cherishing him inside your soul and your consciousness, your awareness with your time, how you're spending your time, how you're spending your money, just like you would in a relationship. We understand how to do that in the below realm towards children and towards parents and towards family members. And all kinds of things and towards business and just taking care of business and taking care of the realm of the natural. And people can understand that in the realm of the natural just by living life as natural beings. And now God is a spirit being. God is spirit. Those who worship God have to be in spirit and truth. John four twenty it is written. Now we're learning how to, to handle a spirit being who is God himself as the centerpiece of our souls. That's what it means to be a saint. A sinner does not care about Jesus Christ, their Creator. They don't care or serve the Creator. They don't care about His feelings first. They don't care about His emotions first. They don't care about His ways or purposes or will or design first. Oftentimes, He's not first. That's why we have to remember first love. What does it mean? We get distracted by the cares of this world... The parable of the sower, sowing seed, and we forget to make God first. So let's go back to the basics of the foundations of the covenant. 1 John is really a basic foundation of how to make God the centerpiece of the soul inside your bodies. That's why he deals with obedience to Jesus Christ's commandments and anyone who's disobedient. Well, his God is not really Jesus Christ. He's a pretender, an imposter, a play actor, and a hypocrite. He doesn't care about the feelings of the Master who's present and omnipresent by his Holy Spirit. He's after selfish gain, he's after vainglory, he's after all kinds of idolatry, he's into deceiving others by appearances. Caring about the opinions of men, that's a temptation that you deal with in the serpentine dust of the earth continuously as Christians. We call it people-pleasing. Respectability, being dignified. It was the vanguard of the hordes of hell marching in the final quest, chapter 1, right? And the accuser of the brethren leading the hordes of hell was, what's his name? Accuser. Accusational. Towards who? The saints who are honoring first love. Trust me, the accuser ain't accusing anyone else. The only one the accuser of the brethren's accusing are the ones that keep first love. No one else can even, is not even a, a target of the enemy, right? Because they're already captured in hell's armies that are all bewitched believers that don't understand the new covenant or are carried off by some other doctrine or some other mentality. They're God-outside-minded, they're bewitched, they're distracted. It's all idolatry, isn't it? Since the last temple is the first temple, which is Adam and Eve's bodies in the Garden of Eden, we need to honor God with our bodies. Honoring the temple is honoring this original design of your human flesh as the containers for Almighty God. And all of His holiness, all of His opulent holiness, wants to dwell inside these bodies, head to toes. Amen? That's the purpose of the original design of creation of man and woman in the upper Garden of Eden. So they lost the original design and began to use their bodies for other activities, and they left the Garden of Eden saying, I want to pursue other options for the use of the design of these bodies. And it hasn't gone very well, has it? Life expectancy went from 1,000 to 72. Why? Because if you use these bodies for anything else other than the original design of the containers of God's Word in the upper Garden of Eden, you're practicing death. And all sin ends in death. Sin is falling short of the glory of the upper Garden of Eden, of the ways of the holy angels above the sun. As is written, all have fallen. So now all in Christ must rise. Not stay fallen. Not put on external band-aids. Not apply scriptures to my brain. And then be in control and not give him my heart. Not give him my thought life. Not hiding in this tent. But allowing his word to go into the center of my soul, into my spirit. And illuminate areas where I'm hiding from him or I'm pretending, or I'm self-righteous, prideful, or I'm puffed up in past experiences and the things of the human being. Every area that you find the human being, that's an area we need salvation. And the evidence of inheritance of salvation is always in the manifestations of Shekinah glory. From out of your belly, flowing rivers of the Holy Spirit for those who are believing God's Word, John seven thirty it is written. If at any point we reject the Word and say, no, that's not true, or we make ourselves the judges of the cosmic Word of God, the heavenly Word, the Word that sustains all worlds, the Word that arranged the worlds in order, Hebrews 1, 1, in the beginning He created the worlds and arranged them in order. Okay? So you have a Hebrews 1, 1 beginning, which is what? the creation of ten worlds and the arrangement of ten worlds in order. Hebrews 1 says, worlds, plural, not the world of you. That's the fallenness of selfishness. That is the very curse in the practice of dust and dirt and serpents. So it is looking at something bigger than you, having a cosmic perspective, a heavenly perspective, Sanhedrin perspective, a Jerusalem above perspective, where all the eyes of the Ophanim are illuminating the eyes of your heart and the eyes of your brain and all the eyes in that temple with eye angels and eye salve that you may see, if it is written, which is the angels releasing glory through your spirit, through your soul, through your mind and through your bones and marrow, removing shadows removing sin and stains of sin and removing the foreskins of Esau and Ishmael, of practicing the curse of the fall with outward religious forms. So here is what bewitchment is. It's practicing all the New Testament and your interpretation, you could be even listening to Enoch, Metatron, and, and Sandophon, Elijah. You could be in the school of Elijah Shekinah. You could be in the school of Elijah's teachings. You could be in the school of the twelve apostles of Lamb of the heavenly Jerusalem, the foundation stones of the heavenly Jerusalem. You could be in the, the school of the twelve tribes of Israel, of the pearls of the promised land of the heavenly Jerusalem. You could be listening to Messiah teach in the Shekinah glory and all those different realms, but the truth is, if it's not circumcising the human being from the heart with permanent residency on the inside, Christ being formed in you, Mashiach being formed in you, Yarevave being formed in you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Is it not just more knowledge that's puffing your head up, making your your own intellectualism, your own understanding better than others by what you heard in your head but did not allow to circumcise your heart. So the human being that does not bring the sacrifice of the heart in hearing all the things of Jesus Christ only grows in pride and self-righteousness continuously. And that's why there's so few with glorified personalities because it doesn't hit the part of you that releases the glory. When it hits the Spirit... The center of you, underneath your heart, is where your spirit is. Truth, anyhow. It's in your wind. The word for spirit is the word for wind. Turn to your neighbor and knock the wind out of them. What? You don't do that. Disobedient. Well, you know where each other's wind is, right? It's right in underneath their rib cage. You can knock the wind out of anyone. We don't do that because we love our neighbor as ourselves. but I just wanted you to see that you already understand where each other's spirit man is. The word for spirit is the same word for wind. So all of you are without excuse. Now you know where everyone's spirit is in the whole earth. Every human being's spirit is in their wind right under their rib cage. Come on now. Simple stuff. But do you believe in wind? Do you believe in Numa? Do you believe in Ruah? Do you believe in spirits? You're about to because you're one of them. <laughs> you're a human spirit. God wants to live inside your human spirit, take up residency in your wind, and turn it into Pentecostal Acts chapter 2 mighty rushing wind, which is tongues of fire, rivers of fire, baptisms of glory, baptisms of of fire baptisms of the Holy Spirit and baptisms of Shekinah God has many baptisms for your spirit you need the elementary things of baptisms first and the laying on of hands the understanding the transfer of those baptisms amen those are the elementary things of Hebrews 6, and then we can move past elementary understandings of the invisible into the advanced training of righteousness, Hebrews 6, it is written. We can only do that if we have all the elementary things working in operation in our hearts. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, which is natural water. Natural water is a good start. Everyone needs to be baptized in natural water. It's the dedication of your natural man, your natural woman, which is your flesh, your bloodlines, your bones, your existence in the world of Messiah, the world of action, and all the earth for God's purposes. You're saying this is your flesh and blood now, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, after you give him your outer man through the baptism of repentance of natural water, John's baptism, what does the Bible say? They had never even heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Paul took them aside. They'd already been baptized in water. he didn't baptize them in water. They didn't need to baptize in water again. They already believed in the repentance of John's baptism. Now they need the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, which is for your spirit, man. That invisible person in your heart to be awakened, and all of a sudden your brain goes, Oh man, I'm a spirit. I'm not just a natural man or a natural woman of flesh and blood. I'm an invisible man, an invisible person that lives inside a body that has a soul. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit does. It awakens you to the spirit part of you. Without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, no one can really awaken in their heart. How could you? You need the Holy Spirit for your spirit man to begin to reveal to your brain That the invisible, the ruah, the spirit, the wind part of you is real. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, January of the year 2000, I was laying in my room downtown Minneapolis at Minnesota Teen Challenge, all alone, and liquid peace began to flow through my feet, my legs, like waves, and it was like it was circular. It was like ocean waves, and as it went through my belly. It then came right out through my spirit and out of my mouth. And I started speaking in tongues. And I just was, my faith elevated tenfold because it was the first time that my my nafesh, my natural soul of my blood was aware of my spirit man. That now my spirit man is more real than my natural man. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that requires the evidence of speaking in tongues. Because the book of Acts says, Paul said they had received the baptism, When they had started speaking in tongues, it's the same with Cornelius' house and every other person in the entire New Testament who gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says afterwards they began speaking in tongues. That's a prayer language where your spirit man can talk directly to Jesus Christ, bypassing the uncircumcised parts of your heart and brain. So it's your spirit man talking to Jesus perfectly. And they told me a teen challenge that if you don't use it, you'll lose it. So I began speaking in tongues all the time. And as we pray in tongues, our spirit man prays mysteries that our natural man does not understand. But since they're usually in the languages of the nations, you can put them into Google Translate and hear and understand what language of the nations of the world you're speaking in. And it can interpret your prayer languages. That is pretty cool. Amen. And oftentimes, I'll tell you the truth, you pray in the the languages out of your spirit man of angels. 1 Corinthians 14 says, We pray in the tongues of nations and in the tongues of angels. So you'll pray in Ophanim, you'll pray in Cherubim, you'll pray in Seraphim a lot. And your dialects and your languages will change as your spirit man does the will of God. So praying in tongues is not the will of God. It's God's will. Everyone prays in tongues. But it's not the will. It's not the destiny. What it is is a tool to keep your spirit man energized to do the works of God the Father. To do the good works. Amen. You need your, your spirit man fed, energized, full of glory to then do what? Obey God in the things that He has for you to do. That's God's will. God's will is in actions. God's will is in movements. I want you to move from Montana to Minnesota, October 1999, God's will. So I got on an Amtrak and moved and was locked up in Minnesota Teen Challenge for 22 months, two years, forfeiting all my rights, all my high school education, all my high school sports, all my plans to go into business and be successful in my own ideas, I want you to give it all to me, and I did. 23, 24 years ago, guys. 24 years ago. That's called the will. The will requires action. You can't do God's will except through movement, action of your hands, and your head, and it always costs money. You'll never find a person doing God's will, that's not also spending money on it. As it's written, where your money is, there your heart will be, is your heart in God's will. Truth anyhow. Why? Because to move your body around and do anything in the earth takes currency. And that is good. You need that expense. That is the sacrificial offerings for doing God's will. If you're not sacrificing for that, that means that your heart and the resources, people go into extreme poverty and this don't spend it on anything and just live in a garbage pile and don't do nothing. That's not God's will. That's severe demon possession. So there is a success and an understanding of how to use everything in the realm of the natural for success in God's will. And it takes wisdom. And we start off this journey with zero wisdom. Why? We realize when we're born again, we didn't understand one thing about God. Hopefully you get that lesson young, and you don't waste your your lives on worldly wisdom or false intelligence of the human being. But we get into the Word, we get around the angels, we get around heaven's culture, we get around God's will, we get around the apostolic and the prophetic and his ways and his thoughts, and we begin to get burnt up in the Holy Ghost and serve God in the invisible and the visible, both. The invisible corresponds to the above. Truth, Born again, born above. John 3. Nicodemus, you have to be born above. He was entirely below as a Pharisee, a teacher of God's Word, with the entire Bible memorized. No secret sin. Total integrity. Really loved God. Faithful to go to church like every single day. Dedicated his whole life to the service of God. Jesus said, you're the teacher of Israel and you don't even understand the realm above the sun. What would happen if I tell you the kingdom things? What happens if I begin teaching on those realms above the sun? John chapter 3, it's exactly what Jesus Christ said to the Pharisee who had a tender heart that came to Jesus, and I said, I know you are a teacher sent from God. The word teacher there is, I know you are a rabbi. I accept you as a rabbi of Israel, which is a big deal, which means you're a very important people. You're the most important person in our culture. To be called a rabbi means that you are the center of Jewish existence. You are the When Nicodemus said that to Jesus Christ, understand this now, He says, I know you are a rabbi sent from Yarevave. He was saying, you are the center of the covenant race's existence. It's not a small thing that Nicodemus acknowledged. It was huge. And Jesus said, whoop-de-doo, every demon knows that already. Every demon, the whole kingdom of hell knows that. Was that a big deal? No, Jesus then tested him. Well, you know what the demons know. Are you going to now do something about it? Are you going to actually change and become a disciple? Or are you just going to have demon level faith of knowing that he is a rabbi sent from God? Right? They would scream out everywhere he went, We know who you are, the son of the living God. So all of hell knew he was a rabbi, that he was the son of God. Didn't help them at all. They were tortured by it. Religious people get tortured by it and they don't repent. There's no actual remorse. There's no changing of the heart. They might acknowledge the truth out of the death of, of their human soul, but they never give their human soul to the Word to become a living soul, to become a soul of glory, a soul of light, <laughs> like the holy angels. They just stay in the dead form of the human being and just stay over here saying, that's true, that's true, that's true, but there's no transformation. Guys, that's what Nicodemus was. You're the teacher of Israel and you don't understand the things above the sun. Above. Above. You only understand below the sun, which means the religion of the fallen angels. You only understand the natural, instinctual concepts of scripture that takes no wisdom or sacrifice of the heart to understand. Right? That's exactly what it says. You're under the sun, elementary existence, that intelligence is entirely demoniacal. The starting and the existing point of one born of Spirit is the starting point of the existence of angelic intelligence from your heart. Don't shut it down after you believe. That's your only connection to Shekinah glory. So what are we tempted in after we believe in Jesus Christ above, John 3? To go into the below understanding of religiosity to practice serpentine Christianity, which is the horror Babylon of the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. What is the horror of Babylon? Rejecting the above realm after having been born there. And practicing only below the sun Christian activity. Hello? Do most people do that? If you're honest with yourself, you could say, in this Babylon the Great, everyone has done that, including every single Christian leader of every ministry in the entire universe. Truth, anyhow. Tell me I'm wrong. Lie to my face. Truth, anyhow. So, what do we need to do? Mass repentance. Repentance means change your inner man to agree with God's will. It's believing the original design and gospel of Jesus starting and growing above the sun. And not the temptation of the seed of the Pharisees to be pulled down under the sun in earthly serpentine dust existence. So, Every single thought life that you have from Satan is simply one thing, under the sun. Every single thought life that you have from God the Father is simply above the sun. You have to have the foundations of the Gospel of John above and below as foundations in your hearts, otherwise your lives will be full of confusion. These are not advanced teachings. These are the foundations of biblical Christianity. So now when you go and study John chapter 3, John chapter 2, John chapter 1, the whole Gospel of John, the most commonly read Christian book in the entire universe of all time, you can understand it a lot more accurately from the realm of the angels because John's Gospel is so angelic, we haven't really grasped it yet. Every time you read it, I went through John more times this week than probably any other time in my life. And I've been doing it in the New Living Translation because it's a fresh, fun translation. And I like to study in all the different English translations. i got 150 of them on my iPad, my iPhone, and all my different study tools and devices. And I'll switch it up because if I get comfortable in one translation, and my one translation is usually the foundation of the Amplified Classic, which is goes into the depths of the Hebrew and the Greek definitions of the original intentions of the author of the Bible. So if I could have one translation to study from, it would be the Amplified Classic for eternity. But since we're blessed with literally hundreds of translations, we use all of them because we need them to expand our hearts and minds to not cling to serpentine, lukewarm religion where you get complacent in thinking you know a thing when it's not working today in fresh of glory. Meaning you no longer know God at all. If you knew God yesterday in a doctrine and a teaching, but today it's not manifesting fresh light from your heart, friends, that's called being backslidden. That's what backsliddenness is. When you don't know him in today's fresh glory light, and it's just some yesterday's old moldy manna, the Bible said it it got covered in maggots. Right? You read the Bible? The, the very bread that had come from heaven, when they clung to it in past seasons, or yes, even yesterday, 24 hours ago, and they, they wanted to covet it and they wanted to control it, it turned to maggots. It turned to mold. It was purposely by Jesus Christ's design destroyed so that He could train you in faith how to rely on His fresh glory today and not just cling to Him in your human nature without, without ever bringing any sacrifice of self so you don't end up like the fallen angels. And a lot of you are fidgeting out here manifesting pretty bad. You need to just chill out and, just, and let the holy angels minister to you and just put a seal on your hearts and minds. The holy angels want to help you. Understand, when we begin to expose your demons, your strongholds, your sins, your shortfallings, all the serpentine dust under the sun, this is an opportunity for everyone at the sound of my voice to get washed and delivered from everything. God is going to flood you with fresh Torah scrolls. It's the promise of the flood of God's Word helping everyone under the sun. If you can receive the help that God's sending forth today, From the sun and above the sun, and that path of lightnings where Torah comes from, God's word flows down that path with all of his holy angels and with all of his living crystal clear water. Of Revelation 22, it is written, I saw the Lamb of God on the throne proceeding from the Messiah, King of Israel, the Maker of heaven and earth, King of every elevation and rung of glory, King of all ten worlds of angels, fallen and holy. Was the river of life crystal clear and sparkling? It is written, amen? Crystal clear, which means the clarity will increase as the word washes you. The reason why a lot of people are not getting the clarity and the crystal clearness and the sparkliness in their eyes, their ears, and their mouth, because you're resisting the word of God. You have to allow it to wash through you. If you have serpents in your senses, which we can see here today, and I'm sure it's everywhere in the world right now, we need to deal with this mess quickly. Because there are snakes, literal serpents in the invisible world, that are in your eyes, mouths, nose, ears, And feeling gates that are not allowing the Word to wash you. And the snake, which is the thought life of the evil one, rejects, resists, and quenches the Holy Spirit from making God's people clean from the Word that came down from above the sun every day. So instead of being washed crystal clear and sparkling, the serpents grow in the gates. And you leave worse off than you were before. That happens with a lot of people. And the reason is they don't understand how snakes work. Now, in order to understand sin, you must understand serpents. We all read the Bible. We know about the serpent in the garden. That was Samael. That's also known as Satan. He's the king of Rome, the principality of Rome, which is all the religiosity that you deal with continuously in Christianity. That is the strong man Or the Antichrist. You want to know what the name of the Antichrist is? Oh, is it going to be a Russian? Is it going to be a Muslim? It's Samael. Simple as that. You know the name of the Antichrist now. That's a huge advantage for all of you. It is that angel, the prince of Esau, the prince of the foreskins of the uncircumcised Christians. That's the Antichrist. That's all he is. They're all just fallen angels, but he is their king. He is their ruler. And his wife is Lilith, the black moon and together they work in destroying the whole world through self-righteousness and retaining the foreskins of your heart so that self-righteousness gets poured on a person by snakes inside the gates instead of allowing that stuff to be obliterated. You could be cleansed from Lilith and Samael perfectly tonight. This is not something that takes 10 years of Joel's bar. This is 10 seconds like the woman at the well. All she had to do is allow her five senses, her five husbands, to be obliterated by receiving Jesus Christ as her husband and her king, her Messiah. You don't need ten years of teaching. You need ten seconds of washing of the true water of the word of God through your eyes, nose, mouth, and touch gates. Deliverance is not a process. Deliverance is not, oh, well... I cut the snake in half and now they redouble in my eyes and redouble in my ears. It's obliterating them and learning how to practice the water of the word in your eyes, nose, mouth, ears, and touch gates from day one. The woman at the well, Fotini is her name, guys, she had 10 minutes with Jesus. 10 minutes. And he left right after that. You don't need 10 hours. The issue is, once you have ten minutes in the water of the Word, you'll want the Word all the time. Some of you people are like, Oh, great, I only have to be here for ten minutes. (laughs) I only have to read the Bible for ten minutes. Listen, she had maxed out her five senses with Satan. You've had five husbands. The one you have now is not your husband. Six. The number of the beast, 666. She was completely consumed with the Antichrist. And when she was looking for Jesus, sincerely, Messiah's coming, she obliterated the six, kicked that thing out, and the other five were healed in her five senses, and she was filled with the living water of the Word. She began to understand the kingdom. The understanding of the kingdom of the Word of God. And once you begin to understand how the kingdom operates, it's not like this all this time consuming pressure on your head and checking boxes, the religious Samael, Lila stuff, Black Sun, Black Moon, all of that is obliterated. Now it becomes time with first love. I get to be in heaven today. I get to live in the glory of Messiah. I'm always with Him. Emmanuel, God is present. I practice His presence. I grow in His presence. I'm living in the glory realm. I'm living in the promised land. I'm living circumcised. I'm living in the gushing of the water of the word. I'm living in the fountain of the Lamb. See, we need to obliterate religion. There's too much religion around here. We need to learn how to destroy this stuff and then help others destroy it. Because you're wrestling Samael and Lilith and millions of their underlings. Millions. Millions. This is not a small army. There's millions and millions and millions of these things in all the cells of human existence under the sun. They work through flesh and blood. So, when the mind is covered with all kinds of other corrupted forms of blood, mm, that means the thought life is pretty stinky all the time. That I'm not really thinking about the above things. What is Philippians 4? It says, meditate and think and constantly concentrate on only things that are above the sun. Is that where your thought life is? Or is your thought life under the sun, which is only serpentine of the fall continuously? So salvation begins in the thought life, which is your spirit man, the origin of where you think, being above the sun in the thought life of heaven with the holy angels. That's the standard of being born again according to the New Testament. Guys, we don't even have that standard right now in the charismatic church. The standard is having perfect thought life. And anything that's not corresponding to the thoughts of our Father that come down Sapphire Stone's path of lightnings, you have to identify that always as a temptation from hell. God has never thought a negative thought. He can't. It's not possible. Shekinah, the substance of true light, has no negativity in it. It has no accuser of the brethren in it. It has no religion in it. It has no lust in it. It has no selfishness or greed or covetousness. It has no sorcery, no witchcraft, no rebellion in it whatsoever. Zero. God's light is perfect. God, Yadavavah, is Shekinah. In Him, there is no shadows at all. It is written. So we need to learn how to practice that above-world light. Now that is the practice of the Word of God working in your hearts. You're the children of the resurrection. Why? Because He's risen. To live in the light as He is in the light and to walk in the light as children of light is to practice the dimension that the King of Light, King of Glory, Jesus Christ, is living in right now at the right hand of our God in heaven. Now, that is not a very complicated thing. Children can understand the difference between night and day by looking outside and seeing the sun and the moon. The moon for night. There's darkness out there. It's night time. Literally, two-year-olds or three-year-olds understand that concept. It's not complicated. That complication is the enemy. It's also on the sun and the moon and the stars of practicing righteousness. It still remains that simple. God is true light. You don't need to overcomplicate it. It's just now practicing that simple truth with holy angels ...and powerful beings that live in those realms. As is written, the kingdom, which is the realm above the sun, belongs to little children such as these. When Jesus is speaking of the kingdom, notice he says that the kingdom of our Father is in heaven. He's not speaking of the Malkut kingdom of the earth, although he's correcting all of that mess as well by changing their thought life of their heart to correspond with the original design of the, the what is written on the sapphire stone. So when you believe what's written above and you align, that's a re- repentance, it produces life. Life comes through your inner man agreeing with what God has already written and spoken in heaven before you were created. Truth anyhow, this is not a new commandment that I give you, but the original one, 1 John, it is written. Repentance is not hearing and obeying a new thing. It's not an individual correction to you. It's the corporate creation of man and woman corresponding to what is written on the stars, on the sun and the moon and the stars, the sapphire stones, before you were created, before any of your nations were created. Truth, anyhow, before Adam and Eve were created, God's Word was written on sapphire stones. 2,000 years before Adam and Eve were created, Torah was written on sapphire stones. It predates the existence of Adam and Eve. So when they say practice the word of God in the Garden of Eden and don't doubt the word, it means something that God had already written down. Now when they disobeyed what was already written, they went against the original design of creation before man was made on the sixth day. So they just went into some kind of chaos form. Now repentance is just agreeing with the same word that was written before Adam and Eve were even created. Truth anyhow, what do you think the word of God is? King of kings, Lord of lords, Mashiach, God himself. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, he was with God in the beginning. It is written. Are you going back to that in the beginning, Bereshit Elohim word? (laughs) The Kavad Elohim of God creating everything with his word? That is the scripture. That's the gospel. So the gospel is what created the heavens and the earth. It's what made day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, and day seven. God's word created all things, and by his most powerful word, all things were created and are constantly being held together. It is written. So scripture interprets scripture, but it's glory interpreting glory. It's the Lamb's book of life interpreting the Lamb's book of life, and it's all within the Shekinah of the angels. And it's all with the living beings and the living Chayat creatures. It's never in the death zone of your own independence apart from him studying the scripture for self-approval. Oh, it's not just Bible spa time so I can show and make YouTube videos or Facebook videos of people seeing me read the Bible, or I can tell my housemates, or my spouse, or my husband, or my children, or everyone can see my appearance of godliness. No, but God's own character being formed in my heart without a hypocrisy, and it's not important that men see it, but that the angels see it, that I inherit salvation. Am I accountable to the Father's throne, By the ambassadors that are sent from his throne, which are the holy angels that are seeing me, please my father, because they're called watchers. You inherit salvation through angels. Hebrews chapter 1, it is written, which means you inherit Shekinah, glory, through angels. The ten worlds of the fall are the ten worlds of angels. So, what is considering the heights that you have fallen? Consider the fall of the angels. That's it. And how the angels dwell on all ten worlds. You'll have to go up all and ten angelic worlds to go to the Father's throne physically. It's not even super complicated. It's it's actually being mapped out very easily and perfectly for everyone. You'll have the ever increasing light inside of you as you begin to obey the eternal gospel every day. The path of the righteous shines ever brighter to the full dawn of day. What's full dawn of day? No sunset, no death. This is the generation that walks in it. Not because we're that great, because God's that great and He wrote it down before we were created. You need to understand sovereignty, predestination, foreordination. God the Father wrote all the days in His book before you lived one of them. Psalms 134. It is written. Now we get into arguments in our head over predestination and Calvinism and all kinds of theological rubbish. You need to be with the angels. You need to be the Holy Ghost. The first step is getting circumcised of your human thinking. Human thinking is salvation. That conversion from human thinking to how Jesus thought as a child is the day you first believed and got saved. He comes in in seed form, it is written. 1 John says, You are saved from the, by the listening of the incorruptible word of God that came from heaven. The incorruptible word that came from heaven is the eternal gospel that came down from the Father through the path of lightnings, through the planetary systems, through the constellations, and through the sun, and then through the moon, and it was delivered from angels. Otherwise, unless it's administered from angels, there was no salvation, because Hebrews says salvation can only happen by the angels ascending and descending. From the Son of Man. Now, the Son of Man's at the right hand of God in Zion. Now, He's sending down His words with ministering spirits for the nations to inherit salvation. So, it all came down through angels, and He wants you to receive those words. Let them begin to work in you and circumcise you and change your inner man and change your soul, change your brain, change your bones, change the way you think and change the way you act, change the way you treat others, change the way you treat your parents, change the way parents treat treat the children. When the spirit of Elijah is in the land, it restores the children to the father and the father. It also means parents. It also means family healing. Oh, hallelujah. I thought I had to forsake my family. Well, I've never seen a human thought right yet. But I do see the father's thoughts coming down as wisdom for daily instruction. So at one point, Jesus Christ said, you're not my mother and brothers and sisters. The next time he marries at the cross. And what does he say to John? This is your mother. This is your mother, okay? So it went from totally forsaking her, but it was all done in love. It was not done in spite. It wasn't done in hell. It wasn't done with a demon. It wasn't done in murder. It wasn't done in disobedience. It was done in honor for the eternal well-being of the soul. So a lot of times that doesn't happen. People just hear a thing and they're like, well, it's a formula. I can just now murder my parents because they're sinners and I'll just hate my family and be terrible to them. Well, you're worse than the unbelievers that is written. You need to take care of everything by making God your God in the center of your heart because He will give you instructions. Jesus Christ one day said, You are not my mother. My mother is she who does the will of my Father in heaven, it is written. And then on Calvary, He's saying, John, this is your mother. Hello? This is like, take care of this woman. And Mary's right there at the cross, crucified with Christ the day He died. Mary of Bethany... Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with John. That is Calvary Company, and it's only four and no more. And don't think it'll ever be any more than that, because it already happened. So if you want to experience it, you'll have to be with the three Marys and John, not your little individual interpretation of your modern-day charismatic witchcraft. That's not how it works. What is done is done. Now, if you want to experience it, you have to be in that timeline, in that exact situation as it physically happened you don't have a new crucifixion of your new idea with your little manger scene or your little whatever across all of your different so passion scene your easter scene and your all your little christian you know traditions that are all an abomination you don't get that there's what happened in reality and that's it and everything else is just delusion of the human being making up traditions to nullify what really happened in the powerful event True here So we could live in the lightning of that day if we're really there and understand what actually happened in reality, that everyone betrayed him, forsook him, and everyone's chanting, give us Barabbas and crucify him. And we begin to be crucified with Christ during those exact moments. Truth in ya. So all God's works are perfect. If we believe Jesus is the Son of God, those works are perfect and they're set in stone and it can never be changed No human being or imagination or uh, Christian tradition can change that. We simply get into what he has already established. We can repent into his timeline of what the Father ordained, and we can redeem the times by agreement with the Father, understanding these realms predate our existence. That's real repentance. Changing your inner man to agree with the truth is getting out of my own little imagination of how Christianity works for me. That's all wickedness. That's actually witchcraft. That's sorcery. That's Esau. Esau making up a covenant for himself, but denying the ways of his father. That's what he did. He says, your traditions mean nothing to me. i trade him for a bowl of soup. What it was, I will give up all the birthright of the inheritance of the traditions of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which correspond to the traditions of God the Father above the Son, the traditions of the holy, ancient, perfect angels, and I'll make up my own thing over here apart from Isaac. And that's what Esau did. And that's why Esau, his angel, is Samael, the Antichrist. And all of hell corresponds to Esau when you make up your own traditions that are different than the traditions of God the Father before you're created. That's how evil religion is. And we're all guilty of it. The issue is we repent. We just stop it. We don't act that way. and We don't think that way. We don't treat ourselves or others that way. We don't teach or think. We don't reproduce Samael. We don't reproduce Lilith. We don't reproduce snakes and serpents and dust and hell. We reproduce the God sperm seed, the word that produces Shekinah. And light grows as a people of light. The holy nation of Israel are the children of light. That's what it means. Israel means son of God or prince of God or son of glory, prince of glory, son of Zion, prince of Zion, and son of sun and son of moon and son of stars. And that path, that realm of the cosmic inheritance becomes our reality because that is living in God's word. And all the other created things out here that man has created and demons have created don't correspond to what existed in the Father's tradition of God's Word. We hear tradition, we often think negative, but God the Father's traditions with the angels is called restoring the ancient paths. God's culture exists before America, before Europe. All the nations of the earth are very new. I mean, 5,000 years to God is like nothing. The Bible says it's like a vapor. So for us to have such a stubborn pride of human tradition under the sun, according to our bloodlines down here, is total delusional activity. It's absolute nonsense. Repentance, even to the first rungs of the angels, you begin to be aware of how fallen humanity is below, practicing all the things of God that just reigns sovereignly on the whole earth. And it's like every good and perfect gift has come down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadows. And we just practice those things in shadow form, never repenting to the realm where there are no shadows, the realm of God. So we live under the sun, the shadow realm, instead of above the sun where there is no shadows. That's the realm of the realities of the new covenant. He tore the veil so we could enter the realm of no shadows. Amen. That's the realm of the glory. That's the realm of the sapphire stones. When we are still practicing human tradition... Human Christianity, the mixture of the nations of human blood with God's blood covenant, we are actually defiling the covenant. One fly ruins the fragrance and the ointment and the anointing. It's speaking of how we destroy the power of God, nullifying the power of God's cosmic word of lightning and thunder, because all this world has been given to man in Scripture. So when we try to mix it with our human blood and mix it with our emotions, our feelings, our, our cares, our thoughts, our traditions, our dust, we're mixing it with serpents. We're mixing it with flies. We're mixing it with our own ideas and we're saying it's still God. It's No, it's, it's not. It's not God anymore. It's you. And you are not God. And it's completely obvious to everyone, except we don't know anything else of how to have God without mixture. Well, now we do. The standard of the sapphire stones is Moses commanding the people to come up the mountain. Don't be living down there in the shadows, creating your own gods, your golden calves. These are your Elohim. this there's your glory. Their gold was their glory. Their images they had made out of their own right hands and their own foreheads, that was their glory, that was their Elohim. These are your gods, O Israel. It is written, the gods they had created by their own brain and their own blood, their own imagination, their own heart, their own feeling, their own traditions. In reaction to the teachings of Moses. So it's the reaction of the teachings that have come from God, but they stayed in a certain elevation under the sun and practiced them all in shadow form, which in reality look like the worship of demons. Come on now, we're going to expose the whole curse of the fall tonight so that people can repent from the dust of the earth and the practice of serpentine temptation and begin living in glory realms of freedom that are available right where you're at tonight. God's salvation is not to the left or to the right. It's not far away. It's in hearing the word tonight. Salvation comes by hearing and believing the word that has come down the sapphire stones. Nathaniel, you will see. See what? Angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. You believe because I gave you some truth corresponding to the fig tree. Now, there was truth corresponding to the fig tree representing the fig leaves that man and woman had covered themselves with in the Genesis account of the garden. And just because we gave some revelations according to the human being, fig tree revelations, you believe, Nathaniel, now you're going to see actually the path of lightnings begin living in the Father's kingdom, Nathaniel. If you're surprised with crap under the sun which is miracles, healing, signs, and wonders in Christianity as you've known it for the last 2,000 years. Imagine what's going to happen, Nathaniel, when you get into real Christianity above the sun. And that's exactly what he was saying to Nathaniel. We've been fascinated with the Christianity of the things under the fig tree. We've been fascinated with the things that have come down that are irrevocable. The, the, the gift of healing, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, the, the words of wisdom, the words of knowledge. We love these things. We love the prophetic. We love prophecy. We love tongues. We love the interpretation of tongues. We love all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I love everything the Holy Spirit's ever done. I like when He animates a bee. I don't like so much the insect stuff. I still need an explanation and a revelation for spiders and flies. And there's some sketchy things going on around here that I don't... God, did you really create that animal? Mosquitoes. Or was that just Bill Gates or something? Mm -hmm. Well, he's got an answer for everything. That's what makes him God. And if we can believe him, we'll grow in wisdom. If we can stay childlike and teachable, the Father began to explain to us the secrets of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, not with parables and riddles and dark speech, but just plain speech. And now that we have heard the explanation of the revelation, we believe, said the apostles to Jesus Christ in the red letters. Amen? So now that we hear the mysteries of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, how everything works, we know that you are the Messiah sent from God. I love the the revelation of how Jewish culture believed that all the patriarchs and matriarchs were mashiachs. You have to believe that if you study the scriptures. The, The Christian idea that of just one Messiah is very modern and new and pagan. That's not actually true in Jewish rabbinical culture of Torah and the prophets, and it's not considered orthodox interpretation of the Bible at all that there are multiple Mashiachs. Moses is called a Mashiach. The word Moshe, Moses, Moshe, means Mashiach, or Savior of the world. Right? Because he saved Israel. And we're like, oh, that's Jesus only. You know, you begin to get the, the Christian stuff manifesting and you get real nervous and sweating bullets real quick and we're getting into a cult now that we're talking about other Messiahs and other Christs. They said that at the end times that there'd be other Christs. Listen, you need to go into the wisdom of the scriptures with the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Ghost teach you the Word. Scripture cannot be broken. Okay, so your your anchor against your fear and paranoia comes only for, from studying Scripture. If you want deliverance from sin, it will only come from understanding the Bible. You won't find it in any other word because no other word is God's word except the Scriptures. Truth, anyhow. And you need to understand salvation of the scriptures. The Torah is salvation. I have not come to do away with one drop of the law, which is one drop of creation and the structure of creation. Planetary systems, constellations, and sun and moon government over the earth. I haven't come to do away with all of it, but to fulfill it. And to allow people to live there. Hebrews chapter 3. The house and the builder. The house is Moses. The builder is Jesus Christ. How much greater is the builder than the house? Hebrews 3, wisdom it is written. So we're learning how to fill this house and live in this house. What house? The house of creation. And not be from below at all. Deuteronomy. You are not allowed at any point in your life to think below thoughts. And it's not hot thoughts. It's not self-righteous prideful thoughts. It's not thoughts of haughtiness that I'm better than you. You need to get that demon burnt out of your brain. It's thoughts of Jesus lives here, and he's better than me. The reason I'm here is because my God, who made all things, has invited me. You are invited to the marriage supper, it is written. The invitation is what makes you eligible. We know scripture says all were invited. All were invited. Most rejected the invitation. The rejection of the invitation of the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ to the marriage supper of the Lamb is insistence upon your own human senses with magic spells hung in them instead of Torah scrolls hung in them. Rebellion is witchcraft, a magic spell. It is written, Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, stubbornness is sorcery. Truth anyhow, so what is potent sorcery, Babylon the Great? Potent stubbornness insisting on the human being and under the sun forms of Christian religion or Jewish religion or Muslim religion or all forms of religion, whatever. <laughs> because once you're above the sun, no one goes into heaven except through Jesus Christ, it is written. So whether you're practicing under the sun Christianity or under the sun Muslim or under the sun Taoist or New Age or under the sun, whatever, what makes it sinful is the elevation of the practice of under the sun. There's no truth in it because its origin is under the sun, meaningless, meaningless, chasing after the wind. And you have to acknowledge that you're under-the-sun activity, no matter how charismatic it was, no matter how many signs, miracles, and wonders you had, how much God used you, how much you knew in your past previous experiences of God, the fact that it's in that realm of under-the-sun means that as you go up, it has to be obliterated. I don't count any of my life before being cosmic as life at all. No, it was, it was childhood. It was learning salvation. It was learning Jacob's ladder. It was learning God's heavenly ways. The kingdom of the Father is all above the Son. And it's clearly written the word. It's just you're fighting and struggling with the whole curse of the fall and all of your human beingness under the sun, And so most of it is just working out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's why everyone will have stages in their life where they can't despise previous seasons because you are learning lessons that were set up for slaughter when the foreskin and the membrane of those previous seasons, some of those seasons can be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years. But as it goes away, you let go. Because now all things are new in a new realm of glory. And nothing can haunt your past and no accuser can come and and accuse you from your past if it is circumcised and burnt away and you're no longer holding on to it with your DNA, with your blood, with your thoughts, with your desires. And because all of that really is dealing with the self-righteousness of the human being's existence under the sun. The biggest deterrent I have seen so far in one year of teaching and practicing cosmic righteousness on sapphire stones is that people will cling to past successes of under-the-sun activity. They will insist that I already knew that, I've already heard that from God, I've already practiced that, here's my memories, my past experiences, as something valuable. You're basically taking the dust of the earth and saying, this is valuable, I'm going to hold on to this dust. The sapphire stone future with the angels is going to have to take my past into it. You know you can't advance like that. God won't let you bring your dust in. That's why many of you have never risen. Because you're not willing to give up your human existence of God or your Christian existence under the sun or your glory stream existence under the sun, your charismatic past. But I spoke in tongues. But, but, but I did this. But I did this in your name. I did this in your name. I healed the sick in your name. Are you willing to give up all Christian activity under the sun, past, present, future, whatever, church age, all of it, the drunken glory, all of it, everything you've done for God, everything that looked like God had the appearance of God, are you willing to burn it? If not, you can't grow. You won't go to the next level because you're holding on to the old. They're holding on to the sand of the wilderness. Promised land is a new existence. Best example of that, the immigrants of the 1800s and 1900s that came through Ellis Island, New York, and they just came in. Most of them changed their last name. They have no record of their previous life. You're a new person. You have a new last name. When we came into the Americas in the 1800s, we dropped the E. We were barthropes. And there's no record of where we came from in England, very little. But the E was chopped off. And we came in as English immigrants in the 1800s and settled throughout Canada and all these things. And we have no record of our previous life when we had a different name. It's the same in Jesus Christ. All of you are immigrants. All of you Europeans, wherever you came from to get here, in the last couple hundred years, you came here. And when you came here, you changed every aspect of your existence. You changed your name. You changed your identity. You're no longer just Europeans. You're now Americans, right? So it's, it's a beautiful picture of how we inherit salvation above the sun. So you've understood it laterally. Okay? You've understood it naturally. First in the natural For teaching purposes, now in the spiritual, for wisdom, for circumcisions, to live above the sun. So you had that identity change laterally. Now vertically, that includes all existence under the sun. Okay? All existence under the sun means, literally, the whole curse of the fall. Now you're dealing not just with your individual bloodline stuff that just goes back a few years to the Tower of Babel, and whoopty frickin do still human, right? It's not really going to benefit you that much in this life. Very little benefit if you only go that deep in history of your bloodlines and your DNA. You go back to the Tower of Babel. I mean, really, what benefit does that even have in your life? Very little. You're still going to have all human problems. Now, if you can understand it above and below, you dealt with the whole human problem. The problem is humanity. Okay. And Jesus has already dealt with the problem. Now you just need to understand it. How he's dealt with it, how he's fixed it, how he's healed it. And then you deal with the humanity in your own hearts and minds and make decisions in your thought life that I will allow all of it to be obliterated so I can have a new identity, a new existence above the Son of the Angels. This is how circumcisions work of all rungs of glory in Jacob's Ladder. Okay, So now, it's not just the teachings that have come down from God. We have the Holy Spirit to return to God. To walk up the ladder. To walk up Jacob's ladder. To walk up the secret stairway. To walk up the path of lightnings. And your inner man has that nature and that identity in it. And as you begin to believe the eternal gospel of the angels flying in the mid-heavens, mid-air, it begins to correspond with... And feed your spirit, man, and begins to awaken your heart. And your spirit bears witness with God's Holy Spirit that you are a child of God. John chapter 1. That our hearts bear witness with the Holy Spirit that we are the children of Yadevave. John chapter 1. It is written, Therefore there is a witness inside of you, your own eternal spirit. That's your thought life. That bears witness That God is fathering my spirit, therefore I am his child. That childlike nature can only grow if you count the cost before going to war. The cost is your entire under-the-sun existence. Any area of your life of under-the-sun existence, all of it, all of it, that you are clinging to is an area you are currently resisting God's resurrection salvation in your life. So, all you got to do is come into a conclusion in your heart that I will give him these realms. And not just with mouth, not just with typing it in the comments today. Don't type anything in the comments today. Oh, whoops. Already sinned. Yep. Go back and have to delete it. Declare the slate. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't. Just type it out. Don't just speak it. There's no repentance in saying, I'm sorry or I repent. That doesn't do anything. That is nonsense. Repentance is your inner man exuding light. Okay? True repentance means I've gone from darkness to light in my heart. That my spirit life, my thought life now exudes light, where before it just lived in the shadows. Repentance is always darkness to light. Circumcisions is always darkness to light. Membranes is always darkness to light. Elevations is always darkness to light until all ten worlds are conquered by your hearts, your souls, your minds, and your bodies also. Amen. And you will ascend. This is the path of righteousness. This is the way of the Lord. This is the narrow way. This is the meaning of existence. There isn't any other reason for your creation other than to rise to God. It is not just to go out there and do something. It's to honor God in the heart in here and allow Him to direct your steps and courses. And if you're not hearing accurately, it's because you have serpents in your gates. If there's confusion, there's dust. If there is division, strife, sin selfishness, they're snakes, serpent food. And so you want to use your eyes, your mouth, your nose, your ears, and your feelings to be the gates of Zion's glory. This is a decision all of you make every day in your thought life, in your word choice. You choose what words come out your mouth. You don't have to talk like that. You don't have to think like that. Scripture is a choice. When I go to the Scripture and and choose the Scripture to dwell inside me and to control my emotions, I'm choosing the cross. I'm allowing God's Word to disciple me. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, a disciple of the Word. Jesus Christ is simply the Word of God. And when you choose the Word to change you, you are making a decision for Jesus today if you are not allowing the Word to change you and come in and sit at the gates and judge you, judging your spirit, judging your thoughts, judging your brain, judging the stuff in your bones, judging your hands. See, cleansing comes from judgment only. The white throne judgment seat of Christ is the best thing that could ever happen to you. Receiving that cleansing judgment is receiving the words that have come down from God today. receiving the head of the body which removes all the deceiving there's a receiving but the rejecting is only in deceiving so those that don't allow the word to wash them they only grow from bad to worse their hearts just get revealed that they never wanted to change they were in control of their own heart they never put their heart on the altar their inner invisible man, their thought life was always selfishness How can I use these teachings at Joel's bars from the prophets and apostles? I believe they're a prophet, but I'm not benefiting for me. No, the prophetic and the apostolic is for the benefit of the word in you. If you come with some other kind of intention to to rob God, you know it's never going to go well for you. You're a thief and a robber like the fallen angels. But if you're here to serve the throne of God, if you're here to ser- serve the throne of Jesus for eternity, well, now you're considering the kingdom of heaven. Now you're considering the purpose of God's creation and existence, and you're not terminating your life through the fallen angel temptations of selfishness. Fallen angels are all selfish with the things of God. How did they fall? They stole and robbed from God. You can only be a thief and a robber of Jesus Christ. You can't. So here's where it gets so crazy is that people are all into the things of Jesus Christ, but there's no changing of the heart of the inner man, and they just want more of God. Remember, Jesus said that's the foolish virgins trying to steal oil. Trying to oil represents the light of God, oil for light. Put oil in your lamps oil for the Shekinah, stealing of the glory, the stealing of the heavens, stealing of the sun, stealing of the moon, stealing of the earth, stealing of resources, stealing of food, stealing of time, stealing of money, stealing of every pleasure under the sun, stealing of all creation. That is what foolish virgins do. Their father is Esau. You understand that? So the wise virgins were still not very wise. Their wisdom was, was only in protecting their oil. That was credited to them as wisdom. But don't think that's great wisdom. Bible says they weren't even in the bridegroom's chambers yet, which means they had no righteousness. All they had was the elementary things of the baptisms, the laying on the hands, and the resurrection of the dead. But they had so little wisdom that they weren't even in the bridegroom's chambers. Psalms 19, the sun is the bridegroom's chambers, S-U-N, which means they had zero cosmic righteousness. They weren't even living with the angels yet. When the bridegroom says, come into the sun of righteousness with the healing and the beams and the lights, that's your first invitation into righteousness, which is faithful in the things below, in the circumcisions of the earth. Now I'm going to invite you into the realm of the angels. You're going to begin to see archangels. You're going to begin to see all the big, awesome things and powerful things of God. I'll entrust with you the the kingdom mysteries, the secrets of the universe, and, and you begin to live in those realms And the management over the earth becomes at a governmental level. That's the 144,000 cosmic Jews of the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Those are real sons. They're all cosmic. Okay. So we're not dealing with that many people. We want you all to be there through our teachings. But right now, many of you are still learning the elementary things of Christ. And that's not to shame you. To be in Christ's elementary school is the greatest honor of existence. And it's not to be ashamed that I'm not in the sun yet. No, you're learning wisdom. Okay? It took me 23 years to get into the sun of learning the elementary things of Jesus Christ. 23 years. That's a lot of rotations around the sun. Okay, So don't sit there and think, oh, I'm, I'm doing so poorly. You're listening to the teachings of how to ascend the path of eternal life. Blessed are your ears to hear these teachings. The prophets longed to have these things taught in their days, but they were sealed until now. Truth anyhow. So now we're learning all God's ways, future ways, highways, understanding the heavens, understanding the earth, understanding serpentine dust and temptation, all humanity under the sun activity, so that we can have the big picture. You can show kids globes. You can show kids maps. You begin to look at geography and getting globes in kindergarten, people. You can have a globe, well it's like a basketball, and I'll have the globe, and there's America, that's right. You can learn that stuff in kindergarten, in first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. This is not advanced things to understand all the heavens and the earth. It's simply, now we can live and move and have our being in God's perspective without the delusion of the false teachings of the sorcerers of Babylon telling us lives from kindergarten through college. So you don't have to live totally delusional under the sorcerers of Babylon that are Esau's magic arts and all the wickedness of just the structure of deceit keeping people in false Darwinism down here living as dogs when they're created to live as sons of righteousness. Truth in yeah? So you can live without lies. To be an Israelite is to live without lies. Okay? You can grow up without lies. You can be born again and surrounded in an atmosphere where there's no lies, that you understand even what maturity is from birth. Because it's not like you're born again and you, you don't know how to use your eyes, your ears, or your brain. You're born again as adults. As they were circumcised as adults in the wilderness in Exodus, so are you born again as adults under the sun and above the sun when you come into a revelation of Jesus Christ as the Messiah today. So that means you still have the adult faculties to make adult decisions, even though your spirit man is in infancy, oftentimes embryonic form, like a little tiny sperm in there, just like a, a little tiny egg. Okay? Like a little ginger brand, a gingerbread man. That's what it looks like, but it's a tiny little man of light. That's, that's your born-again spirit. God wants your born-again spirit man to grow up in all 33 years of Jesus the Messiah. I work in ministry to mature Christ in you, Apostle Paul says. So, if, is Jesus Christ as a man of light rising in your heart? As is written Second 2 Peter 119, The morning star shall rise in your heart by the teaching and understanding of the prophetic word. Or is it still just listening to teachings in my brain for selfish motivations of haughtiness so that I can be better than these people because I don't participate with that thing, but it's just under the sun abomination? Are you just growing to be hypocrites? Are you growing to be murderers like Esau? Are you growing to be Pharisees who were better than everyone by the way they dressed? Better than everyone by their teachings, hanging their phylacteries on their brains, but had no scriptures in their hearts? Right? They would put the scriptures all over their heads, but their hearts, Jesus Christ said, were dead men's bones. He says their hearts were actually portals to hell, to the bone throne of Satan. They were lifting up the tabernacle of Molech, the principality of Hakmah, hell that they weren't even holding up the tabernacle of Moses in the wilderness anymore. They had completely turned the Jewish religion into the service of the fallen angels, exactly as the Christians today have turned Christianity into the serving of fallen angels. Even the entire charismatic church. Suck on those donuts because it's the truth anyhow. And we're not mad at you. We need you to awaken. Take a shaking for an awakening. The seven churches of Asia Minor are not on Asia Minor because of disobedience to the commandment of 2,000 years ago, Revelation one. I command you to come up here into the cosmic realm of the Father's kingdom, and nobody did. Nobody did. There's no Christianity on earth that lives in the Father's kingdom right now. It hasn't been established. It's, it's the teachings of righteousness of the sapphire stones. We're the first ministry to do it in the whole Christian world. Truth anyhow. People are like, oh, weep and gnash their teeth on that one. But it's the truth in here. You need to deal with the truth. So you're not robbers like Esau coming in around here and say, I already knew all that. You didn't know nothing. You didn't have the circumcision. God can reign truth on the whole nation. When you begin to walk on it is when you begin to know it. So don't boast in your past like you knew something. You're boasting in the human nature. You're boasting in the devil. And that pride is what's killing you. Consider everything of your human life under the sun as rubbish, a manure pile. I had to completely burn all my Christian past to to be accepted into the school of Enoch above the sun. I can't consider any success of the drunken glory. I can't consider any success of the charismatic church or my previous life as a prophet under the sun, which was incredible as far as church age standards go, incredible in for the history books. What did I do? Delete all of it and throw it in the lake of fire to live an angelic life above the sun. And you'll have to do the same thing without having ever made revival history in your your past. And you'll have to completely burn and sacrifice your entire human existence. The good, the godly, the charismatic, the divine, the dreams, the visions, the ugly... And all of it, it don't matter what amount of humanity, if it was under the sun, it is required for the altar of fire before the Father's throne to be burned and incinerated. It must go into the sun, which is a furnace, and burn it up. Where people stop growing is they won't let go and they say oh but all of that under the sun activity was god all my wilderness stuff under the sun all my drunken glory all my signs miracles and wonders but 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 lord but lord but lord he's like is it more important to have all the stuff that rains down on the just and unjust or to come with me into the realm of the angels that you've never walked in one day in your life you heard about it because it rains down you might have dreamed about it because it rains down you'd never walked in it you never had it so stop bringing up the past. You're delusional. You're boasting in the fallen angels. He's saying start fresh and new. You're going to start going into the memory, memories of the Messiah before you were created. You're going to start walking in the ancient path, which means before you were born, I knew you, Jeremiah 1. I formed Before I formed you in the mother's womb, I knew you. That's always been God's design and intention, is to have you in that eternal realm because there's no death in God. Our standards under the sun are all mixed with death. They're all mixed with the fallen angels. They're all mixed with serpentine dust. It's all filth and abomination. I don't care how godly you think it was or how rich your history was and when you bring out your history books, listen, man, you have to be willing to sacrifice your, your humanity, your past, exactly like the immigrants from Europe in the 1800s to America. Otherwise, you cannot have a new beginning in the heavenly life because you're choosing to cling to the old expression. You're choosing to cling to the human, the dying, the departing, and the traditions of men. And you value that more than valuing God. So you nullify the power of God's Word to save you or help you with angels. And you're insisting on the human being. Those are the rejectors of Jesus entirely in this generation. Don't be one of them. We want to sacrifice the the under-the-sun fantasies. It's not realities. It's all delusion. It's all vanity. Just like the teacher said, everything under the sun is vanity. It's all vain. It's all boasting in the human being. It comes and pretends like it's pious. It pretends like it denies self. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. It's all boasting. You cannot say or do anything under the sun that is not considered pride by God. And He still likes you. And He's still rooting for you. But He knows you're full of crap. He knows you're a liar. He knows you're an exaggerator. He knows your thoughts are garbage continuously. He knows the snakes crawling through every single one of your eyeballs and your ear holes and your nose, your mouth, and your feeling gates. He knows the serpentine dust. He knows it better than all the serpents do. He understands the situation perfectly, and he needs no teacher. He needs no teacher. His vision is perfect. He is God. This same God will also deal with your junk if you can actually sacrifice it, if you can consider it junk and come to an end of valuing everything under the sun, he will entrust you with the eternal realm. That is the realm of the Sapphire Stones. That's where Moses walked. Understand how great Moses was. He grew up in the royal house of Pharaoh. He grew up in the most powerful community of people, the richest of the rich, In the entire world. In those days, Pharaoh was the superpower of all planet Earth. It'd be the equivalent of being a Rothschild family member of Manhattan, New York. Even greater than that, because they're not the greatest. There's greater families than that. But it was the equivalent of being a member of the royal family. He grew up a member, a son of Pharaoh's house, it is written. He grew up the richest of the rich. He grew up the most powerful of the powerful and not only did he have a natural repentance of running away from that, he allowed all of the boasting and the pride of it to be removed out of his heart, his soul, his mind, and his body by the teaching and instruction of Jesus Christ for 40 years in the wilderness before he was entrusted to have all of that boasting and pride of the human being taken out of him. God saw his zeal that he was willing to kill the Egyptian taskmaster that was oppressing his fellow Israelite, got one revelation. Oh, I'm a Jew. Oh my gosh, I'm a Hebrew. I'm not a, I'm not a son of Pharaoh's house. I'm an actual Jew. He got the revelation. Then he went and he started killing his oppressors. And they said, what are you going to kill us? It's like, oh man. It's the, and so he just ran for his life out of fear of being incarcerated. You know, that's how we are when we're young in the Lord. We begin to kill everyone with truth you just beat everyone up that I know Jesus now and is, I'm better than you, haughtiness, haughtiness, zeal without knowledge is called. It's called murdering everyone with the truth that you heard from Joel's bar. <laughs> murdering everyone with the truth you heard from David Hogan or Heidi Baker or Bill Johnson or Morning Sorrow, some book you read from some prophet that has been accurate for 40 years. You got all this stuff and you just beating everyone up with it. That's how Moses was. That's how all humanity is when you start hearing truth. It'll be the same with all of you. There's no... New way that you're going to invent of how to do it wrong. It's been done before you were born. Nothing new under the sun. It's all been done before you were here. What's new and unique is your obedience to what God has for you. That's the only thing interesting in this life. Truth. That instruction and training that is individual and also corporate. When Moses was taken out of Egypt, Jesus Christ appeared to him in the burning bush and he drew near to the bush and looked into Jesus Christ. He looked into the fire, and the fire began to refine his heart. The fire began to refine his mind, began to refine his DNA, began to refine that pride, all the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, all of his humanity, and began to obliterate it out of him, and train him, in his calling and his destiny, in the apostolic of how to be heavenly above the sun, to rule over everything under the sun, as is written, I have made you as God, Yare to Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh's God was Ra, the sun God, if you understand anything about Egypt. I have made you sun God, sun Yare, Yare to Pharaoh. And that's why he was offended, because they thought they had the sun on lockdown with all their Egyptian sorcerers, necromancers, and all the ten forms. They have Balaam in, in the house. you got all of those traditions of all of the most wicked, because they're the superpower. They'll hire all the witches and warlocks of the whole planet. So they thought through the occult and through the fallen angels, they would have the luminaries on lockdown, because you could inherit that through Cain, and through Nimrod, and through Ishmael, and, and uh, through Esau. And so there was that training in hell of all the fallen angels, and so they were offended when they when Moses came around and said, you actually got the bad end of the stick. You didn't really get the son with Esau, with Ishmael, with the sorcerers, with the magic arts, with all the abilities of the fallen angels, of 200 million demons that fell from heaven. You didn't get anything. And that's why Pharaoh hardened his heart, because the whole investment of Ham, Egypt, son of Noah... And that existence of that creation was in what they could rob from God. And they didn't end up robbing anything. They only got more darkness. They only got more sin. They only got more death and destruction. And they thought that they got something, but they didn't get anything. It's because Moses show up, showed up with the Creator and said, Nope, the sun's still mine. And they said, what, what about all those hundreds and thousands of years of rebellion and working for the fallen angels? Did we not inherit something? From Cain? Don't, doesn't didn't Cain get a mark on his forehead? Doesn't he have an inheritance? An inheritance with a fallen angel is an inheritance of nothing zero. An inheritance of rebellion and sin and wrongdoing is an inheritance of nothing, eternal nothingness. No matter how much you work for the demon in this life, the selfishness, the sin, the serpents in the gates in this life, you will never inherit anything. That is the revelation of Pharaoh and Moses when Moses says, I have come in the name of the sun god, Yadav And that's exactly how he presented the God of Israel. In a new name, in a new form, that the Egyptian sorcerers, and Pharaoh was the greatest sorcerer of Egypt, it is written, that Pharaoh's sorcery was greater than even Balaam's in those days. And Janiz and Jambres and Balaam were involved in all the Egyptian government, if you study the Bible. So in Numbers 23, 23, Balaam jumped ship because Pharaoh is completely slaughtered and destroyed by the righteousness of Moses and the plagues of Moses and his dominion of exercising his God as the sun God, his God as the moon God, as sky God, as the power of the air, and it just destroyed them. Every aspect of Egyptian society was annihilated and obliterated. They took all the, the wealth out of the Nile and turning it into blood, ate up all their crops, all the plagues and pestilences. It was all done by sun righteousness and moon righteousness of the teachings and the training of Jesus Christ, the Torah instruction of the wilderness that the angel gave to him in the bush and on the mountain, okay? That instruction and that training, that is what we have today also in the confrontation with these sorcerers of Babylon the Great, with these Christians under the sun, the horror Babylon, with all the synagogue of Satan, with all the religions and all the Muslims and all the Buddhists and all the New Agers and all the rebels and all the human beings, everyone that insists on under the sun writes, we come in these days like Moses came to Pharaoh, we're coming as sun god, moon god, uh, constellation god, star god, planetary system god, god of heaven. That's what god of heaven means. <laughs> When Ezekiel is bringing the correction of Israel, he's always saying God of heaven and the prophets are talking about the God of heaven, God of heaven. Why? Because you need the heavens in order to come in the dominion and power and authority of God. Under the sun, it's godlessness. It's not an accurate representation at all of the sovereignty of who God is until you come as the God of the heavens and you're living in the heavens with God, having forsaken your humanity, having forsaken Pharaoh's house, having forsaken even the wilderness and the sand to live on the mountain. He began to live on the mountain. He was so one with the mountain, he no longer took food from the earth. Right? This Moses, we don't know where he's gone. He's gone on the mountain. There's a black cloud covering the mountain. He's left the earth. He's not on earth. He he doesn't come down for food or drink anymore. Guys, he was up there 40 days, 40 nights with no food and no water. He was eating with God and drinking with God on sapphire stones all the way in the upper garden of Eden. The Bible says he was knowing Jesus Christ, the one like the son of man with that lamb's hair, the face as bright as the sun. He went face to face with Jesus Christ pre-incarnate and was walking and living and eating and drinking in heaven. Now in those times, they're different once you, you leave Mount Sinai. Don't think he was on Mount Sinai. You can't do that, just Sinai. He went up into Zion. He went up into heaven. The Bible says he walked off the mountain, onto sapphire stones, into heaven, and ate with God face to face. So don't just look for a mountain on earth. You'll be totally deceived. That You don't even understand the gospel. That's not the gospel. It's all about returning into the heavenly glory, both physically and spiritually. He took his body up there, and through the instruction of the angels on Sinai, walked on sapphire pavement into heaven and was instructing and being instructed by God, eating at God's table, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the same exact one you'll eat in Revelation, as the one that Moses ate at on Sinai. He began to know the Messiah face to face. And so he said, in the future, a one like me, because he's blazing with the same image, so much so he had to put a veil on his face, the image of Jesus Christ coming down the mountain, one like me because now he's burned his whole light being into me and all of his word into me, all of his glory into me. One will come like me because he had been totally conformed into the image of Yadivave. That's what transformation is, kid. Being totally transformed from image of a human being, image of a girl, image of a boy, image of a man, image of a woman to the image of one like a son of man, like Moses coming down the mountain. Okay, With no fading glory and ever increasing glory. That's the evidence of someone walking in the new covenant. Right, 2 Corinthians 3.18 We have this evidence of an ever increasing glory and never fading glory for one who walks in the new covenant. Which is walking on sapphire pavement and never coming down and begin to teach from Sapphire Pavement, begin to eat and drink and bring your marketplace, your your family, all of it up on Sapphire Pavement, begin to live and populate the stars, begin to live on the stars, live on the Sapphire Pavement. A whole nation was invited to come up the Sapphire Pavement in Exodus. They refused. They were scared. Why? They understood it would cost them their human expression. So instead, they built blockages of staying under the mountain and not going on the mountain, in order to do it, they had to build other protective barriers from this God that wanted to take away their humanity. Right? And that's what we do when we're young in the Lord. We don't realize we're constantly resisting the Holy Spirit, insisting on barriers in our heart and mind and our ears and our eyes, the stubbornness in our foreheads, barriers that protecting us from sacrificing our human nature and drawing close to this man who's not a human being. Truth anyhow, we need to draw close and sacrifice. Come up the mountain and make sacrifice. What's the sacrifice? Your humanity, your opinion, your thoughts, your past, your history. Even your interpretation of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are the children of Abraham. Even your interpretation of the Old Testament. We are Jews. We have rights to everything. According to Scripture, we have rights, rights, rights. We are Christians. We have rights, rights, rights to everything. We have the New Testament rights. Well, you don't technically have New Testament rights if you're not living in the New Testament realms. So the New Testament and Old Testament realms are the same realms. The realms of glory above the sun, the realms of the holy angels. The invitation in the Old Testament was live on sapphire stones. Same invitation as the New Testament. Now we just have the teachings of the twelve apostles of the Lamb and a new covenant through Jesus Christ. Meaning, every man, woman, and child is without excuse as the Spirit is constantly poured out on all flesh as floods of Torah scrolls. The floods of the teachings of the twelve apostles of the Lamb is the scroll that comes down as the heavenly Jerusalem. It's the teaching that is the scroll that is the pavement. Since the heavens were created by the Word, it's walking on the Word. Your inner man walks on it first, then it renews your mind. So it changes your thought life. You realize, man, I'm really I'm really there in my spirit. And the evidence is there with two or three confirming signs and wonders of the holy angels, because you'll need to convince your brain. Gotta take your brain with you. You can't go up brainless. God created a brain for a reason. It's important. The brain helps. The brain must be renewed. You're transfigured by the renewing of your brain. Romans 12.2, it is written. Not just removing the brain and just living in heart only. No, you have to change this whole body and this whole design back into its original intentions. And that's what walking with Jesus Christ in the scriptures does. So there's no shortcut. There's no microwave. There's no, I repent, I repent, I repent. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That doesn't do anything. It's actually going into the ancient path of the original design and emanating Shekinah, which is the evidence of actual obedience. Obedience can only come with light. The practice of the presence of God, the practice of the countenance of God bearing his image and then having his presence. Without the presence and the image bearing, there's no actual change of your inner man. You're just a bigger hypocrite. You just have more dead man's bones than you. Just a more bigger play actor. Pretender, pretender, pretender. That's what Jesus said. Why? Because they were not interested in sacrificing their humanity. They had turned the whole Jewish religion into an external religion of do's and don'ts, just like we have in Christianity, exact same thing. It's even more deceptive with the charismatic giftings because now you even have the gifts of the Spirit in operation, but your your own spirit doesn't even know them on the inside and you're totally God-outside-minded and completely bewitched. You're actually ten times more deceived than the Jews are. Truth, anyhow. Because now you think that the irrevocable gifts of God that come down and the ability to operate in spiritual gifts justifies you when you're under the sun living outside of the Father's kingdom. Isn't that the stubbornness you're dealing with right now in the charismatic church? God says, remove it all by this understanding, the teaching of righteousness. The teaching of the accurate sapphire stones of above-the-sun realities will obliterate your human Christian traditions so you can actually live in the tradition of the Father with Christ in heaven all the time. No more boasting of the past. Let the past go. Amen? Let go of the past, and you will have a Holy Ghost blast. Cling, and you'll just stay completely tied to the demon wing you'll be going nowhere fast. They'll be taking you around loops in a circus show around the earth and you think you're doing something when you're only operating in strange fire continuously. The evidence that there's no more strange fire is the evidence of the countenance and the presence of Shekinah coming out of your heart. Not an outward glow only, but an inward source of God's Word working in your heart angelically. So the angels can ascend and descend on God living inside your heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Okay, Now, that's all you focus on. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I live with Jesus. Yes, your body was created to be the temple of Jesus Christ. That's not fanaticism. That's salvation. If any other thing is more thought about than Christ in you, you're just going after idolatry. You practice the presence of Jesus. You're a temple, an ark, a container of the Ten Commandments, Aaron's staff that budded, all the the very elements of the ark of Moses' covenant of pure gold of the Old Testament. Your body is that times a trillion. Understand that? You're the ark of the covenant, individually and corporately. Therefore, we honor God with our bodies since your bodies are the temples of God the Father's glory. Amen. Minor amounts, only if there's minor repentance. There's no cap on it. God's not holding back. He wants to share all of Himself with you, but He won't share it with another. He's not going to give it to selfishness or to demons or to snakes in your gates. He's not going to give it to human tower of Nimrod bloodlines that settled for 70 fallen archangels that are the current principalities over the nation's bloodlines. you got to be tripping to think that. He's only going to share it with His Son formed in you. And His Son is formed in you by the Word not resisted by you, the Word not hated by you, the Word not despised by you, but a love for the Word working in you. Shekinah, presence and countenance. Always interested in the Word releasing more of His nature, more of His kindness, more of His gentleness, His sweet-spiritedness, more of His joy more of His peace, more of His presence, more of His power. We want His power to flow out of us like rivers of power. Power of what? The power of glory. The power of light. The power that restores all things. The power that floods the earth with God's Word. How is He coming in these days? He's coming in a flood of the power of the words of the Bible. (laughs) You have known the words of the Bible under the sun. It hasn't done you much good. It's been mostly strange fire. I'd say right now, if you were to measure the last 2,000 years of Christianity, it was 99.99% strange fire. So just forget what you know about Christianity. You haven't even seen Christianity yet. It will really begin. Christianity will really begin when its form is above the sun. That's how much needs to be forgiven. Of all the Christian forms and Christian traditions of all of your very new, very recently formed nations. Very new, very re- late, very recent nations. I'm talking about all nations now. It's very, very new and recent that they came into existence. They are not old. Okay, We need to think angelic. As far as nations are concerned, these are just flashes in the pan down here. Things have changed, the maps have changed, the nations have changed, the boundary lines have changed, thousands and tens of thousands just in the last 500 years. You look on a map of Europe or a map of Asia the last 500 years, it does, it's not even recognizable today. Most of you wouldn't even know half those nations. They don't even exist anymore. They all have different names or different boundary zones. You need to forget about the earthly. It changes so fast. It's shifting sand. Just forget about earthly geography and earthly everything and start being enculturated in a world that never changes. I am God and I change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, Scripture declares about God, our Father in heaven. I am the Lord and I change not, it is written. Now what changes is under the sun. Don't be a part of that wide path of destruction of under-the-sun change. That's false repentance. Be a part of above the sun, true repentance, which comes by hearing and believing God's word in your hearts. By changing your heart, you're changing your nation. You're changing your culture. You're changing your thought life. This is how we conquer all negative thoughts. This is how we conquer all serpentine dust. The prophecy for this time is, Many shall arise, Out of the dust of the earth. Daniel 12. What is the rise from dust of the earth? Out of earthly thinking. Out of under the sun thinking. Where are they going to rise to? The same place Daniel's writing Daniel 12 from. Shining as the stars of the heavens forever. You think Daniel taught righteousness? Daniel knew righteousness. Daniel was a righteous prophet. Daniel is seeing God above the sun in the book of Daniel. He's looking at the Ancient of Days, the Head of Days. You know where the Head of Days is seated, Daniel 7? Let me tell you where the Head of Days, the Ancient of Days is seated. Because you're going to need to see the Ancient of Days and return to the Head of Days. He is seated on the top of the ten weeks. We don't. I don't even have charts that go up that high tonight. But this one goes up seven worlds. There's three on top of this because First Enoch says there's ten weeks, Ten worlds. Consider the heights. On the top of the tenth world, there's seven on your right. There's three more on top of that that are the Father's rose garden. Because you learn how to live and move and have your being inside the Father's soul with the Father's soul. And those are all the roses of the Father. The rose of Sharon. And that is, whoo, consider the heights of your resurrection right now. Consider the fall. That's good. Now consider your resurrection because this is where you're going. This is your future. we got to deal with all the under the sun stuff. Bring it into light so you guys can repent of it. Change your inner men to agree with God's will, which is agree with His ladder. Agree with His stairway. Agree with His teaching from His holy angels and His holy prophets in these days. Now on the right, Jesus, the head of days, is not on the top of that seventh world. He'll be on the top of the 10th world because the Bible says he's in the eternity of the eternities, weeks without end. So you're still under the the fall of the angels on the 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th worlds. But once you conquer them and receive those roses in your souls, you are in the head of days. So that's where the head of days is. Daniel 7, I saw the Ancient of Days. Books were open. Heavenly courts seated and the gavel slammed, and Father God, Yarevave Abba Father, ruled in favor of the holy ones, those who practice the opulent holiness of God's Shekinah word with their hearts and souls and minds and bodies that have chosen His heavenly ancient angelic culture and have sacrificed all of the profane human traditions that are all copycat and imposters under the sun. That's the holy people of Daniel 7. They inherited the father's kingdom. They inherited the head of days. And the Bible says that was the end of the fall or the end of the matter. That was the end of the curse of the fall. That's why it says the end of the matter. It's the end of the curse of the fall. Daniel wrote and saw the end of the fall, but he didn't see it until he understood the head of days, these elevations and these heights. You guys need to understand these elevations, these heights, these rungs, these ladders, these stairways, these ancient ways of God, the Sephirot, the path of lightnings, and begin to deal with it in your own heart. Fully God-inside-minded, ever-increasing God-inside-minded, until the inner intelligence of Yarevave becomes the most valuable pearl of great price. What is selling the field to guard the pearl? Considering the temporal under the sun around you as not important, but there is still a purchasing of it. So it's a consecration of your environment for the investment of eternity formed in you. It's a consecration of your houses, Your marketplace, your priesthood, your entire existence under the sun, which is the field, the natural dimension around you. you got to buy it. You have to consecrate it. Why? For the value of the pearl. What's the pearl? The gate of the kingdom. Revelation. The twelve names of the twelve tribes of Israel. The Messiah of Israel. Inheritance of the promises of Israel and Isaac and Abraham, which is like the stars of the heavens forever, living in the Father's kingdom as angels. And we'll end with this tonight. Luke chapter 20. Praise the Lord. And let's go into the Amplified Classic. One day as Jesus was instructing the people, in the temple porches and preaching the good news, the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes came up with the elders, members of the Sanhedrin, and said to him, Tell us by what sort of authority you are doing these things or, by, or who it is that gives you this authority. He replied to them, I will also ask you a question. Now answer me. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from men? <laughs> Above the sun or under the sun? And they argued and discussed it. And reason together with themselves, saying, if we, re- we reply from heaven, above the sun, he will say, "Why then did you not believe him under the sun? But if we answer from men, all the people will stone us to death." <laughs> I wish they'd have that standard in Christianity right now. Your Sunday morning activity did originate above the sun? Or under the sun. Can you imagine how quickly we'd have the order of righteousness if people really read the Bible and and believed it? And then acted on it? It's going to happen. It'll happen quickly. Going to raise the standard in this day. So the standard is the same standard that Jesus brought. They replied that they did not know where it came from. All of a sudden, it just came out of the ether. Now we believe in science. It probably just was alchemy. It came from the chemistry lab. Or maybe... Wuhan, China. Then Jesus said to them, "Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things." Then he began to relate to the people this parable, this story, to figuratively portray what he had to say. A man planted a vineyard and leased it to some vine dressers and went into another country for a long stay. When the right season came, he sent a bond servant to the tenants that they might give him his part of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat, thrashed him, and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent still another servant. Him they also beat, thrashed, and dishonored, and insulted him disgracefully, and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent yet a third. This one they wounded and threw out of the vineyard. They the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. It is probable that they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they argued amongst themselves, saying, "This is the heir; let us kill him, so that the inheritance may be ours." Why do they attack the apostolic? In red letter ministries, Arlum TV, that this inheritance that they see in my sonship may be theirs. Same principle, everyone anointed by God. The only reason why they're persecuted is to steal their inheritance out of jealousy. Let us kill him through murder, slander, accusation, gossip, backbiting, anything, character assassination, that their ministry, their business, their inheritance may be ours. So they drove him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and utterly put an end to those tenants and will give the vineyard to others. When they, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders heard this, they said, may it never be. (laughs) But Jesus looked at them and said, what then is the meaning of this? That it is written, the very stone which the builders rejected has become the chief stone of the corner, corner cornerstone." You got to hear that again in the Amplified. The very stone, sapphire stone, which the builders rejected has become the chief stone of the corner, cornerstone. That's a lot of stones in one sentence. (laughs) What do you think they're talking about? The inheritance of Kabbalah. It's the inheritance of the rulership of the stars of heaven, government of sun and government of moon, government of light, government of day, government of night. That's exactly what they're discussing here. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken in pieces. So, you're basically in a confrontation of the Messiah with the elders of Israel in Star Wars. Okay? Sapphire Stone Wars. Sun Wars and Moon Wars. Okay? Because they're all Torah scribes. They're all Torah scholars. They're just using their Torah scribalness and their Torah scholarship for Molech. Which was 10 worlds of fallen angels mm-hmm. for all selfish purposes. Yep. And Jesus came as a son that says, No, this was all for my father in heaven, and you're all thieves. Truth in you. I think Jesus is right. Chief cornerstone that these stones were created for the government of my kingdom and not your made up Judaism. Yeah, and not your made-up Christianity. The scribes and chief priests desired and tried to find a way to arrest him. Why? Because he was declaring that the heavens were his. Chief cornerstone. You know what that means? That the sun is mine. I come as sun god, as day star, as the light of day, as the power of the sun and the power of the moon, the very existence of light for all, the rulership of human beings, that require light to exist on this planet. And that, welcome to Judaism. Alright? They tried to arrest him. They wanted him thrown in jail that very hour. He was taking back the sun and the moon and all the power of the Jewish religion. And that's why. You wouldn't be angry about such a thing unless he was actually doing it. Right? It wasn't just fickle nonsense over uh, theology. It was fighting over who is controlling the light of the world it was fighting over rulership of light for they discerned that he had related this parable against them so he was using his teachings to destroy their stealings of light and to restore it back to those who loved his father in heaven so they watched for an opportunity to ensnare him and sent spies who pretended to be upright honest and sincere that they might lay hold of something he might say, so as to turn him over to the control and authority of the governor. Legalism. Legalism. They sit there and they wait for something to accuse so that they have some kind of fallen angel argument in the heavens to steal light to control the power of sun and moon over humanity. Mm -hmm. That's why the accuser accuses. He has to look for some opportune time to have a legal right in the courts of heaven to rule over the soul of blood, the nefesh that's in the blood, Leviticus 17.11, therefore stealing sun and stealing moon, which is what principalities only do. They're not interested in anything other than constellations, planetary systems, sun and moon ruling over human beings of souls of blood. And if you touch those areas, they'll kill you, and destroy you, um, tempt you, but if you do it through Messiah, you take them all back because that's who they belong to. And that's what real Christianity actually is. Is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? But he recognized and understood their cunning and unscrupulousness and said to them, Show me a denarius, a coin. What did he say? Show me the money! Yeah, Jerry. Mm hmm. That's what he said. Show me the money. Luke twenty twenty four. I know some of your demons just went haywire. Just drive that stuff out. Keep cursing your poverty spirits. Keep cursing your familiar spirits. You'll need to with the Word of God. Show me the money whose image and inscription does it have. They said Caesar's. He said to them, Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And the Jewish teaching was all money belongs to God. That's what Torah says literally over 500 times. So they started to freak out that their, their kingdom is not even close to the kingdom that Moses had prescribed. So they could not in the presence of the people take hold of anything he said to turn it against him. But marveling at his reply, they were silent. Oh my gosh. We're about to break everything we've ever learned at synagogue if we answer this guy because we're total freaking hypocrites and wrong about everything we believe in. Yeah. that's why. And Jesus didn't want to rub it in their faces but they insisted they were right and they were rejecting his teaching and so he began to reveal their own hearts and then no one dared ask him any more questions because their hearts were getting revealed that they were way off. Truth in you. So it shall be everyone under the sun and above the sun, way off. Now there were seven brothers, and the first took a wife and died without having any children. So they're trying to trick him. And the second, and then the third, and in the manner all seven, and they died leaving no children. Last of all, the woman died also. Now in the resurrection, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven married her. And what kind of diabolical thing is this? And you know, Jesus is up, up in absolute the seventh world, you... Talking about seven human wives of under the sun legalism is up there in absolute with <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> truth, anyhow, yeah. with an emerald soul shining brilliant like a day star. And this is what he said to him But those who are considered worthy to gain that other world in the future age and to attain it at the resurrection from the dead neither marry or are given a marriage. He's like, You don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about human tradition, your interpretation of scripture is so human, you sound like babbling pagans. He immediately shot up into the angelic realm, he shot up into the seventh heaven, the Erebos, and began to speak just some common sense angelic truths from the seventh heavens. Okay, for they cannot die again. Listen, those that are considered worthy to gain the other world, they were talking about marrying and giving in marriage. Here in Luke 20, verse 34. So they're talking about legalism of relationships under the sun activity, which is a big, huge debate and argument for all charismatic, bewitched people today under the sun activity. It's a big issue. And Jesus shot them to the seventh world out of the curse of the fall, the realm of the dead, of all the legalism and hypocrisy of human beings, given and taken in marriage, like the days of Noah. Jesus said to them, The people of this world in the present age marry and are given a marriage. But those who are considered worthy to gain the other world above the Son and that future age and to attain the resurrection from the dead, neither marry are given a marriage. For they cannot die again, but they are angel like and equal to angels, and being sons of and sharers in the resurrection, they are sons of God. What does that mean? They begin their union with the Father above. Does that mean there's no marriage there? No, there is. You go up two by two. Does that mean that the under the sun marriages are illegitimate? Yes. Does that mean the over the sun marriages of the kingdom age are legitimate? Those are the only marriages, I tell you the truth, that are legitimate in the eyes of God. Why? Because they're done on sapphire stones. Is there marrying on sapphire stones? Remember Bob Jones said, Your generation's called to live on the stars. They're going to have their whole families on the stars. This is like when people are completely transfigured, going beyond the human DNA in angelic transfiguration, there will be no longer any human reproduction like you knew it as human beings. We're going so far into the end of the curse now. This is like the Erebus of... Like the 11,000th year. Jesus was bringing truth out of the year 11,000, and people are living in freaking barbaric Neanderthal level thinking of, of Jewish tradition. That's how far he shot into the future to blow their minds. And that's what you need to understand also because there's a lot of your Christian opinion and interpretation and what, 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 but, but, but. You need to understand that God's a gardener growing things. We started under the sun, didn't we? This is the last generation of the church age. I want to explain this stuff to you because it's really critical and important so you don't misunderstand anything. There's no self-justifying here. It's truth. And the angels fully back me up on sapphire stones. You started under the sun. You were born under the sun. We're the first generation to even learn how to live above the sun. We will grow up above the sun 10 weeks. Once you're grown higher than that, I tell you the truth, when time ends, your bodies will change and the reproduction of having children and everything you know about human nature changes into the same type of flesh that Jesus Christ has. Okay? The type of je- flesh that Jesus Christ has now is diamonds. He doesn't have human blood like you have. It's not even close. That human blood is what ends up killing you by covering your head with dust and serpent thoughts. His blood is so transfigured, it's pure glory. The blood that Jesus has going through His gemstone body, that is the perfect glory of the Father as energy. That's how He's able to fly in Acts uh, chapter 9 and levitate 20 feet off the ground like a morning star, blotting out the noonday sun. So, He has forsaken having a family and having children. He's God. He's not going to take a wife. He's not and <clears throat> not having children, no, he is going right into what human beings will evolve into in the future through God's word. Truth and yeah, and it is absolutely an evolution. And to, to reject evolution is pure stupidity, but it's angelic growth. You're evolving, you're growing, it just means you're growing. There is a true cosmic, celestial gemstone evolution at, in your DNA. And if it doesn't hit your brains, if it doesn't hit your bones and your flesh, what good is it? You just say a little gingerbread man inside that body, and then you're just tortured by hell through your flesh that's corrupted with mutant, fallen, wormy DNA, living a sinful, wicked life uh, of the flesh corrupted by sin? That's not God's plan for anyone. Don't sit there and tell me you're just going to live with the perfections of deity in a bodily form that's a total abomination that's so corrupted it it can get a cold when it gets a little cold outside and you get a runny nose. There is no evidence of God in any of that. God's not involved in any of that sickness, any of that fallenness. That's all death. That's all snakes. That's all dust. It's all fallen. Don't equate any of that to deity. That's total blasphemy. That's in it's insane. The realms where God lives demonstrate his perfection all the time. And that's why John said in first John five, none of them are human. They're all divine above the Son. The Father's not on the earth, so you can't equate any of this to God down here. It's all snakes and dust and sinners. Truth anyhow. First John five, three are in heaven. The Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Word. Notice the Father's not on earth. Three are on earth. The blood, the water, and the spirit. Who's not on earth? Who's not under the sun? God. Truth, anyhow. God is not under the sun. The down payment you get is to get out of the earth dimension, out of the dust and of death and the snakes and the deception and all the fallen angel influence, to get burnt up in the sun and go cosmic. Then you begin to operate out of the Father's house for the very first time, when you're no longer standing on the earth, but standing on the sun. Amen. That's what we need to do and understand that in this context, those who are considered worthy to gain that other world, that future age, and to attain the resurrection from the dead, neither marry or are given in marriage. Be like the angels, for they cannot die again. That's where we're going. We haven't obtained it, but that's the resurrection path. We're part way up and will continue to go, does that mean when you hit the 10th week that you'll immediately not have marriage? No, you'll still have marriage. It means when your bodies are transfigured to the same exact state and condition of Jesus Christ's gemstone body and liquid glory light blood, you'll no longer be given and taken in marriage. Now it says you're like the archangels. Okay? Understand that accurately when there's no more human DNA left in your bones and marrow and bloodlines and hearts and organs. When all of that is transfigured into eternal gemstone, sapphire stone realities, which, guys, that's not always going to be, that's not guaranteed even conquering in the 10 weeks. That might be the 222nd week. It just means after 10 weeks there's sin no longer mentioned. That means there's no more accusers. <laughs> it's weeks without end after the 10th week, First Enoch says. You need to understand this because I can sense human expectations under the sun and you you can't fathom these things. You're going to have to remain childlike in, in awe of God because there's so much higher, there's so much more angelic. And it is so much more natural than you think without kind of big booms in the sky and big lightning flashes and all oh, suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. That's not how God works. God likes to grow it up gradually. It'll happen gradually and you'll miss it if you think it's going to be some big event. Right? These are like the days of Noah. So, you have to first of all have a ton of wisdom and then you have to enter the sun and go cosmic and then you begin to understand God's ways They begin to be more understood by the divine intelligence inside your souls then you can begin to comprehend transfiguration at a cellular level and how the the being under the sun becomes something different above the sun Enoch said when the lightnings ascend their form is forever changed So there is a transfiguration of the form. When that form is changed into the same physical form as Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation, clearly at that level we're going to be like angels and there's no procreation, there's no more sex, there's no more having kids. No, you'd be creating worlds. You could be creating civilization. You'd be like God, equal to God, the sons of God. And I think you better recognize but those who are considered worthy to gain that other world and that future age and to attain to the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. So it's the, the final conclusion of the perfections of the resurrection. Those things, I believe, are incalculable of how many weeks high they are. Okay? Yeah, come on. For they cannot die again, But they are angel-like. This is why it says that if anyone dies at 100, they're a mere youth. And they'll be young at 100. And they'll go beyond 1,000 years old. Why? Because they're still living in those bodies, but there's so much glory for how high they've ascended in the Sephirot, that that light is keeping them young. But they're still in the body, and it's not even the same quality of body that Jesus has. It's just making progress. That's weeks without end. And I think a lot of you don't understand that concept, and that's why there's a misunderstanding of Scripture, so that needs to be clearly understood by everyone. They cannot die again. So they've already overcome death, because death is an elevation. Death is an accuser, an angel. Samael is the angel of death. Okay, Samael is that angel. That angel is conquered in the tenth week. But you will still be going up in God. You will still be rising forever. The ones that continue to rise forever are the ones that go into the angel likeness. The ones that settle, well, we don't know what happens. They might live a 500-year life. They might live a 700-year life. They might live a hundred-year life. The Bible says some might die at a hundred and considered a mere youth. So it's talking about this thousand-year reign, people living hundreds and hundreds of years but there're also people still dying so it's a little different than what you heard in, in Christian theology they cannot die again they are the angel like and equal to angels and being sons and sharers in the resurrection they are the sons of Yahweh Luke 20 verse 36 amen we are packing up A caravan of dromedaries going to Florida. We have three luggages of complete and total broadcasting equipment. And it'll probably end up being more like five just for that. We had to hire shuttles that have luggage space for 12 cases because we are bringing... An entire broadcasting studio to Florida. This is how much stuff we get. We can't. You can't do Uber XL. You couldn't do two Uber XLs. We had to hire shuttles just to take all of our stuff uh, down to Florida. And so, each shuttle, guys. This is what I want to take up an offering for tonight. An understanding of this message, this teaching, this wisdom being valued in more places than this. Let this message spread all over the place and this is how you can support and help this message grow, this teaching of righteousness, this understanding of the resurrection take over Christianity. I think it needs to. We need the above the sun standard that Jesus Christ walked in and taught to his apostles and all the under the sun Christianity consumed, consumed entirely, all of it. With all of its miracles, signs and wonders and healings and everything, the whole circus show, it needs to be consumed with above the sun righteousness. The days of the church age are over. The days of elementary teaching and just all of the zoo the, of man and a uh, mixture of strange fire and all these things that are human tradition, it has to be consumed. This is why we are growing. This is why we're expanding. We're not settling for this size or this measurement. This is not the promised land. This is part of the way to get there. The promised land is consuming all the earth. The promised land is a thousand broadcasting studios. The promised land is consuming all television, all television serving the Lord, all radio serving the Lord, all the nations speaking about God's glory. And it's not just the terrible channels that you get if you have cable and everything else is just smut from CNN and, and all the daytime drama stories and all the filth on social media and the filth on television and the filth and the wickedness on radio. We're going to consume all of it. The promise of broadcasting God's righteousness and consuming all forms of communication through the eyes and the ears is the promise of TV, Red Letter Ministries. This is what... Righteousness can do consuming all media in the world. This is the beginning stages of consuming social media, television, radio, everything you know in the world. Everyone complains about the media. Understand the solution to conquering the media is the solution of righteousness from sapphire stones. It's not just a niche or a niche teaching or a, a fringe teaching off on the side of when you get really mature after a charismatic zoo Mm-mm. no righteousness takes over everything Moses came in and just take, took over everything this isn't you're going to have the elementary you're going to have the sand you're going to have the wilderness nope when the sapphire stones come it takes all when the sapphire stones showed up on the, the prophet's mouth in Isaiah 6 it wasn't like oh you still have Uza. You can still have the king of Israel. You can still have your previous life. Nope, took over everything. It's the same today. These sapphire stones are coming down as eternal teachings of the teachings of the angels of the mid heavens, holy and righteous angels that obey Jesus Christ on the throne. And the whole kingdom of messianic Israel will come down as sapphire stones and consume all the nations through teaching. The answer is the teachings of righteousness, Daniel 12.3. This is what people need to get behind and start supporting. The shuttles alone, five, six shuttles that we have going between all the different airports, scouting out the land, $350 a shuttle, 10 different suitcases. It's $1,000 for suitcases just to fly one way. It's $500 just for the shuttle one way. We're going to be going back and forth all around. I want to raise tonight $5,000 for the shuttles and for the suitcases just to bring our stuff down to Florida. That's the price of just taking our stuff and transporting our stuff, renting the shuttles and paying for all the luggage fees. And you guys, we're a professional broadcasting company. We are doing this professionally. We're not coming with the poverty spirit. We're not coming in with a little GoPro on our forehead and saying, I can just use the dash cam. I can just use. We want the excellence of the top of the mountain. It's essential. Otherwise, no territory is taken if you come in with a poverty spirit. We come in with the best, we take over with the best, we raise the standard, we show people how it's done, and we consume them. That's the excellence of the Sapphire Stones. That's what you're partnering with. That excellence will exude into your lives when you support this ministry financially. Click the links in the description, and we'll see you tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: some other doors some more glorious doors (laughs) some doors that you've never considered before for I know the thoughts that I think toward you thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you unto my expected end and you'll go from glory to glory, you'll go from glory, glory to glory. We'll go, glory oh, we'll go glory. from glory.